Hello everyone, welcome back to the Global Narratives podcast with me, your host Lamia. I would like to thank you all so much for your patience with me and I'd also like to take this time to wish you all a happy new year. I sincerely hope this year will be better for all of us than the last and I genuinely think it can only be up from here. In this episode, I talk about a friendship that went from intimate to estranged in just under five years. And this is a situation that I have forgotten so many of the finer details about, mostly because I refuse to acknowledge it for so long. And I recently just had the brainwave to write about it and write, you know, how, you know, just everything that I remember about it, essentially. It is a story that really highlighted to me that there's a huge difference between supporting somebody through something and actually going through it yourself because two years prior to the incident I had actually helped a friend in a very similar situation and at that point I just had no idea that I would go through the exact same thing two years later. Without further ado, here's episode four, Matters of the Heart. We met on a group chat that was created at the start of the August holiday of 2013. I was settling back into life at home and being back in the city. My sister, Ayana and I were fairly new to WhatsApp and as we were sheltered kids, we couldn't resist the novelty of spontaneous WhatsApp groups. The conversation that night was nothing substantial, but we were endlessly entertained by this new plus 263 number. Introducing ourselves on these random group chats was always our favourite part because we'd make fun of each other's usernames and needing no instructions on how this game was to be played, this plus 263 number caught on pretty quickly. Hello Lamia at her best and Ayan Farah 10. I'm Alessandro, nice to virtually meet you two, he wrote. The group chat lasted all of two hours and by the end of the night, the group was deleted. Unexpectedly though, Moments later, I received a private message from the same plus 263 number. Alessandro had taken it upon himself to retain my number and continue the chat privately. Still being cyber cautious, I held on tightly to my inhibitions, although this didn't cure me of my curiosity pertaining to his foreignness. Hmm, I really don't know of any Alessandros on this side of the world. That's interesting. Possibly a diplomat's kid. In that case, I really wonder how he's finding Zen. Over the next few days, our conversations covered everything essential to two 15-year-olds. Which school you attend, what O-level subjects you're doing, if you know Michelle Smith, since you do go to the same school as her, and of course, the all-important question, what sports you play over the weekend. I began to ease up on the idea that maybe the internet was a good place to make friends, although the absence of a profile picture on his WhatsApp did leave me feeling a tad bit uneasy. Of all the fascinating aspects of my newfound online friendship with Alessandro, it was the novelty for me. Prior to that, I had never met anyone who could outwit me nor outpun me. I was intrigued. On one occasion, confusing Spanish with Italian, I asked him what the difference between mi casa and casa mia was. And instead of just giving me the answer, he mysteriously replied, now you already know the answer to that. As I genuinely did not, I resorted to Google, knowing that disappointing him with the truth was not in my plans. Alessandro was all around good for my ego. He was the type of person who wouldn't say, I like your confidence, but rather, 
you can command respect from both living and non-living things when you enter a room. You do know that, right? And then one Friday evening, his responses ceased. Just like that. I would later find out that there was an official term for this. Ghosted. I was ghosted. They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine. I spent the next few days scanning the chat for any potential hiccups. Possibly a pun gone wrong or an insensitive stereotypical Italian joke on my part or was it my confession that I didn't like the taste of pizza? Finding nothing too obvious, I continued to go about my day. Although the void of losing my fellow 19th century soul was initially quite bleak, leaving my insecurities to have a field day. As I spent most of my life in boarding school, I continued to make the most of the school holidays. And one afternoon, I called into the radio station to answer a question, and for answering correctly, I was rewarded with a brand new cell phone. The thrill of calling in and having my voice heard on the national radio hadn't sunk in before I looked down to a notification that had popped up on my screen. Message from Alessandro. Hey, how are you doing? Pretty ecstatic, actually. I just won a prize on the radio, I replied, giving it no second thought, just eager to share my joy with an outsider. I know, he said. I'm waiting for my brother in the car and I was tuned into the station. Congratulations, Slamia. As listening to the local radio station is not common practice, I found this quite coincidental. The conversation continued from there and not wanting to create any friction, I never got round to asking him why he ghosted me in the first place. Pretty soon our 15 year old question bank dried up, the chat became less intriguing with repetitive, monotonous, abbreviated questions like WUU2, what you up to, and L-O-M-B-L-2-M, lying on my bed listening to music. Shakespeare would be in tears at this point. Still a bit intrigued by his enigmatic persona, I built up the courage to ask my friend if he knew him. They attended the same school. Hey, Luke, how you doing? Good, good. Listen, do you know Alessandro? Alessandro Valenza. I don't know his surname, but the one who has like a really good vocabulary and Italian roots. Yeah, that's Valenza. Good, so he does exist. Yeah, but we've never seen him outside of school and he never comes when we invite him. He's a little bit strange like that. So I wasn't being catfished. Given the terrible signal at my boarding school and the stress of carrying nine O-level subjects, my online presence was scarce once school had resumed. My family barely heard from me much less my friends from other schools, and naturally, I lost touch with Alessandro. A year or two passed by, and during my rare weekends back home, my cousin Natalia began to mention Alessandro more frequently in conversation. Wait, did you just say Alessandro was at the get-together last weekend? I inquired, believing that I was due for an appointment with the ENT doc. Yeah, he actually exists. Like, you can invite him and he'll actually come these days. The following week, Natalia began looking for a dress as she mentioned that Alessandro had cordially invited her to be his date at the auspicious prom at the St. Edmunds College. And before anybody could blink twice, Alessandro was rocking up at family games nights. Meeting him for the first time was, as I expected, awkward. He'd slip in to receive pronunciation when addressing me and then slip back out while he yelled, I'm coming 
to whoever was shouting for him in the background. He successfully charmed our mothers with his refined chivalrous actions and his smooth ability to say the right things at the right time, and his incessant gracious words about being raised by his single mother, uttering unnecessary phrases like, Oh, my mother did teach me well. For the sake of civility, nobody said anything, but we were all intrigued by his alliance, for lack of a better word, with Natalia, a bona fide femme fatale. The incompatibility was, in fact, visible to the naked eye. Not too long afterwards, Natalia found herself entangled in a web. She would tell Alessandro it wasn't working and try to break up with him, but Alessandro was two steps ahead. He had managed to win Natalia's mother over, making Natalia's decision to leave him that much harder. Before her mom could eventually come around, we were all dramatically informed one night that Alessandro had recently been diagnosed with a severe heart condition and he would be returning to his hometown in northern Italy for an operation that would see his family taking out some hefty loans. Filled to the brim with guilt, Natalia stayed with him and soon became our go-to to find out if there were any updates concerning his condition. Instantaneously, our lives changed. We spent our days unable to shake the fear that maybe we would lose a friend too young. The days went by and my grandmother's prayer times were extended, and not a day would pass by without her requesting any updates from Alessandro. The one night he sent us all an update detailing how he went into cardiac arrest on the hospital bed that day and how giving up was becoming more appealing to him each day. Routinely, he would then sign off saying that his meds had kicked in and we should message his sister for further details. His sister would often elaborate on the story he had began narrating and then proceed to tirelessly thank us all for being there for him. After his operation was done and he was discharged from the hospital, we expected daily updates on his progress, but instead, we were all collectively ghosted. For some of us, it was the second time. To this day, we are all uncertain as to whether or not Alessandro had a heart condition to begin with, let alone an operation in Italy. Everyone lost touch with him as a result of being blocked simultaneously, and Alessandro became estranged to all of us. I last saw him from a distance in the supermarket a few months ago. He never saw me. 